Welcome to MPT Podcast. This is Pastor Tim Wilbanks. We pray that this Word of God will bless your life and ministry increase God's blessing upon you. There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. And I asked God tonight, before I came in here, I, I walked around the fellowship hall, I said, God, I want you to have the pastor tell people that there's angels in the place. And before I preach, I want him to declare that barrenness is going to end. And so he, got, he came really, really close to saying exactly what I, what I ask of God to say to us. If you would, t- turn your Bibles with me to 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 4 through 6. Thank you once again, Pastor, for allowing me to come to this desk. I feel like I have something for someone tonight. It's going to build your faith, and you'll walk out of here different than what you came. We should do that whether whether I preach good or not, because the Spirit of God's here, right? I thank Tiffany for just being her. Y'all, y'all know what she is. She's the same at home as she is here. And I thank God for her. 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 4. And brother, I told Brother Steve, I said, I, I've, got, I've got a cloud of witnesses that before he preached two weeks ago that God done spoke a word to me about this. And I was praying... On the way to work, I said, God, I'm about ready to get rid of this. And so whenever it's your time, I want to carry it before the church and and be done with it. It's all I can think about. It's all been on my heart. So let's go with it. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 4. And when it was time for Elkanah offered, he gave Paniah, his wife, and all of her sons and their daughters portions. But when Hannah gave, he gave a worthy portion. For he loved Hannah, but the Lord has shut up her womb. But the Lord has shut up her womb. But he gave Hannah a worthy portion. So, although I've been barren, I got a little extra to get by on. But I'm telling you, and the Bible says in verse 6, And her adversary also provoked her sore, for to make her fret, because the Lord has shut up her womb. Is there anybody in the house? You so tired of that devil running his mouth to you? (laughs) You tired of hearing him talk junk and telling you that it's not going to happen? Is anybody tired, sick and tired, and going to get like Hannah and say, God, I'm going to put myself in a position that you can birth something inside of me. So tonight, I want to preach this title to you, When Portions Are Not Enough. When Portions Are Not Enough. 
Jesus, I feel your spirit here. And God, you're going to speak to your people. Because God, these are your sheep. And God, you, they came here faithful to you tonight, God. And I know your spirit's going to feed them. And God, you're going to leave, we're going to leave out of here different than what we came, God. I thank you, God, for your mercy. And God, I thank you, God, that you, you are a God that knows exactly where I'm at. And I give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Could you give the Lord a hand clap as you're seated? How many remembers the show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? All those game shows came on. You'd answer those questions. I'd always want to be a millionaire. But the one I really liked was the show, Deal or No Deal. And that music would roll. And they would raise that little glass box up. And if you was to slap that, what it was telling you, you was going... For you to accept that deal, Brother Chase, there was something else that was still alive that you had to give up. If that million dollars was still in place, that banker, Brother Scott, was trying to get you bought as cheap as he could. And we'll find that happens in the Bible with Jacob. Jacob finds Esau in a position where he needed something to eat. And so he used his birthright as a bargaining tool that day to ask him for a deal or no deal. And that, that day we have to be careful because Esau gets in a position where he's willing to compromise what, what's ahead of him for what he needs right now. Oftentimes, his children of God will compromise what we need right now for what he has for us later. The way to find out what was in that case was to open the things that were still available. They had to open each case. Each round, the banker would buy the case and settling for that minimum uh, payout. And we, re as we talk about that, his hunger that Esau, he, he had to, for him to fulfill that, he was going to have to give up something that Jacob had in his hand. How many has the devil tried to put something in, in his hand in front of your face to get you to sell out on what you believe in? Has he ever come to you and said, if you'll deny God, or if you'll quit doing that, or you quit doing this, I'll put this in your hand. And at the moment, in a weakness of our flesh, sometimes we begin, begin to give it second thoughts. Because I need it now. It may be later before I receive that. And if I don't eat of it now, I don't have something now to sustain me, I may never make it till then. Has, anybody, has the devil ever whispered that in anybody's life before? We're selling our long-term abilities for our short-term emotional fixes. Rather than to endure what we, what we have available to avoid the barrenness or the hunger that we have more of. For years, Hannah was in high compensation by her husband. He would give her a worthy portion, the Bible says. He would give her something more than, than he did all the rest. Uh, 
He had, he had a family. He had Paniah that was producing kids that he probably should have sown in more and gave more to her to, to raise up a generation underneath him. But that wasn't the way that Elkanah decided to do. He said, there's something special about my Hannah. There's something special. So I'm going to give her a worthy portion. And so, but the deal was not fulfilling Hannah. It wasn't, it wasn't fulfilling her barrenness that she was dealing with. She was dealing with a barrenness of not having a son. A few weeks ago, Brother Steve uh, made the point about as a woman or as a wife, it was in her to want to produce her husband a male child. That was a sign that, that God was favored, was upon her husband, it was upon her, and that they were doing what was accustomed to them at that time. A son was a fulfillment that the wife had for her husband. But every year as Hannah would go up to worship, it would begin to eat at her more and more that her womb was shut up. It would make her feel less and less each year. Your bearingness is what, what, what we want to fulfill it, it, the bearingness that we carry each day it, it is that's in there there's a fulfillment that we that we long for our callings long to fulfill that fulfillment fulfillment our giving whether it be your home whether it be your spiritual life whether it be your finances uh, there's an area that each and every one of us would love to reach uh, to call that and, and desire that fulfillment in our life but bearingness has kept us in a place that we feel like we just can't go any further. I just wells to settle with where I am now. Because this is as good as life's going to get. The enemy would like to sell you that bill today. Just as Jacob sold Esau that bill that day for that bowl of soup. The devil wants you to believe that you've got it as good as your finances will ever get. Brother Scott, he wants you to believe that you preach the best message that you'll ever preach. He wants us to believe that we've seen all the miracles that we'll ever see. He wants to believe that, that all a visitor is going to do is just come in here and leave. But I got news for him. This barrenness season that we're in, it's about to come to an end. We got to watch ourselves because barrenness in certain areas of our lives can, is, is a breeding ground for depression. Barrenness is a breeding ground for anxiety. Barrenness is a breeding ground for health issues that, that come along, along our lives. I'm telling you, barrenness can leave scars uh, that will cause you to remember forever, for a lifetime. It's a, a barrenness will cause a lack of confidence in yourselves. But tonight, I come to speak to barrenness. I come to tell it to shut its mouth. And I've come to tell barrenness to be gone from this place. To leave this body alone. I said, barrenness, we don't have room for you here. Whatsoever I bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. 
And whatsoever I loose on earth shall be loose. So I tell you what I what I loose in here before I came here tonight. I loose bountiful blessings. I loose I loose healings in this place. As I walk through there, I begin to say, God, I release new jobs. I release benefits, God. I release health. I release it in Jesus' name. And God spoke to me. He said, you can do it for the body tonight. But in each home, Dad, you stand up and you start proclaiming what can and can't come in. You've got to be the hedge that binds what walks in your house and what you lose to allow to come in your house. So tonight I commission you in some moment of this service, I want you to begin to bind things. Whatever, whatever is bearing in your house, I want you to begin to loose it in there. And allow the Spirit of God because the reason I asked God to, to tell the pastor to state that there was going to be angels in here. Because they're going to be able to commission and, and begin to give you gifts. It was about two Sunday mornings ago that he walked to this pulpit and he said, I believe that God has gifts he wants to give somebody for Christmas. Does anybody remember when he said, I remember? You know what I've been looking for? I've been looking for my present. Come on, some of us, we need to start begin to grab a hold of that word and start believing. I'm coming looking for my present. I'm coming looking for my present. Is it in this box? Is it in that box? Where's my present at, God? I know you got something for me. Come on, there's a spirit of expectation needs to grab a hold of each and every one of us tonight because the Spirit has good gifts in this house for somebody. I said your barrenness is about to be over, that God is about to drop some gifts in your life. This... Come on, if I was in need of something, I wouldn't sit there right now. I would begin to get on my, hand, on my feet and my, give my hands praises and start thanking God for the good gifts. I'm telling you, there's some gifts that are falling from heaven right now. Come on, somebody, your barrenness is about to be over. I speak into your praise right now that you're creating something. Mm. I said, I feel tonight barrenness is going to be gone. We preach in this story about Hannah, and I'm going to get ahead of myself, that it was, it was her tears at the altar that got her her miracle. That's what we'll, we'll, we'll tell that story, and we'll talk about sobbing and her fighting. I tell you, and God really worked me, and, and I'm not going against anything anybody else has preached, because I believe that, that, that when I pray, God creates things. I do, I do. I'm a firm believer in that. But I'll tell you why God gave us prayer. God gave us prayer so we could get our flesh in tune with His will. It was in the garden that Jesus said, Father, let this cup pass from me. It was in the garden that He didn't want to die. His flesh did not want to die. But He prayed until He could answer and say, Father, not thy, my will, but thy will be done. 
Come on, some of us, we need to take our altars and we need to get into a place that we can get like what Jesus did. Not my will, but thy will be done. Not my will, but thy will be done in my life. Can I tell you, it's not those tears. The purpose of those tears is to position yourself for the miraculous. It's not to create the miraculous. Because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God said, I knew you before I ever formed formed you. He knew the steps I would take. He knew where I was going. The reason for prayer for us right now, I feel this very strong, is to prepare ourselves to begin to receive those gifts. Watch, watch, watch. Hannah, Hannah's prayer placed her there. If God was to grant Hannah a son in, in, the, in her young season of life, before there was a barren season, before there was a time that was without, how would she have raised Samuel? She would have raised Samuel just like every other child in the village. But because there was a longing for Samuel, she was, Samuel was precious to her. Because Samuel meant something to her. There was a season that she remembered that she didn't have a Samuel. There's a season in your life that when God places this gift in you, you're going to be able to hold it. And you're going to begin to sing about the goodness of God. And you're going to begin to tell Him you're worthy of it all. Because there was a season that I didn't have Samuel in my life. There was a season that I was barren and I didn't have what I, what I thought I needed. But I'm telling you, your prayer, Brother Scott, is going to align you into a season that when you, that when God gives you your Samuel, that you're going to be able to raise him and you're going to be able to produce anointing from it. Does anybody know what Samuel became? Samuel became the leader of the house of God. Come on, if you're going to raise something that's going to be for God, it ain't going to happen just raising it just like everybody else raises theirs. I'm telling you, as, my, as Chloe and them get older, I see I can't raise them like everybody else. I can't, I can't do it the same way everybody else does, Brother John. Everybody don't have their anointing. My kids don't have your kids' anointing. Your kids don't have my kids' anointing. But I'll tell you what I can do. I can find myself like Hannah did on an altar and positioning myself that way when I receive them, that, I, that I'm precious, they're precious to me. And I'll take them in my hand and I'll softly hold them. She didn't throw Samuel over to the side and treat him like a side piece. Samuel was the center of her attention. And if God would have gave you that gift years ago, you would have taken that gift and treated it just like every other gift that he has in your life. But he saved this gift for this season. And he saved this gift for this time. Because there's a purpose in your life. He wants, he wants that Samuel to be raised in. Does anybody see what I'm saying? But you've got to understand the longing that Hannah, Hannah fought through. It was year after year. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You look around and you see everybody else seems to have what you want. It just falls in their lap. It's just a part of them. They can't help but just dangle it in your face and they don't even mean to and it causes frustration. 
If you'll keep reading, it talks about that Hannah had, was pretty much had an alt against Paniah because she was able to produce. That's what the altar took care of. That's what happened at the altar. That wasn't where God touched her womb. It was getting that bitterness and getting those things that are out, out of the way. Because watch this. I'm going down the road and I'm taking uh, Brother Emery to Brother Baker's. And he, he slapped me. He said, hey, Bo, what's the difference between good ground and stony ground? I said, well, I, I, guess, I guess that stony ground is not good ground to grow anything on. He said, burn. And I said, oh, well, here we go. Trivia 101 here. I got, I got the Encyclopedia of Pentecost over here, and I, I'm just old redneck. He said, boy, let me tell you this, and you preach this everywhere you go. I said, yes, sir. So I began to set up and listen. He said, stony ground is good ground. Good ground will take a plow. Stony ground won't. Where does the stony ground, where does the stones come from? And I began to imagine going out in a field and pitching them. Have you ever been on a baseball field and, you, and you're out there and it, where them rocks come from? And you start pitching them off and things. And you got a whole bunch of stone, stones out there and you're like, where did it come from? And I said, Brother Henry, I, from times past or something? He said, no, son. He said, those stones come from the inner part of the earth. He said, they, they come from the inside. And, and that, that ground's just as fertile as what God called good ground. But you had to get in there and start dealing out some of those hard spots from the inside. So that it would be able to take the plow. And it would be fertile enough to produce a harvest. So I'm telling you tonight, that altar was a place that Hannah got in there and she started taking some of those hard things out of her life. She started removing some hatred. She started removing some bitterness. Uh, she started removing some things from her past that should have been dealt with a long time ago. But they began to rise to the surface. Uh, and I'm telling somebody tonight, your answer at the altar is getting your heart right. Getting those things out of the way. Because I'm telling you, God wants to produce some Samuels in this place. He wants to end some barrenness this evening. Come on, somebody, get that hard things out of your life. I don't know how, how, how deep that bitterness is. But I wouldn't let it stay there. Because I've got to have a harvest. The longing... For her barrenness to end would cause her to cherish the gift. Mm. Ah. Somebody get rid of some stones right now. Somebody get rid of some bitterness right now. Because I'm telling you, do it right now. Because we're about to have a visitation. And there's some barrenness that's going to end. This man prophesied before I walked in here that there's fixing to happen in this place. It's not going to happen tomorrow. It's going to start right now. If I had some sin or some alt in my heart right now, I would be getting rid of it because I want the Spirit to come cultivate my life. Because when the seeds fall, I want to be able to receive it. 
Somebody get out there. It's just a small pebble. It won't hold nothing. I'm telling you, I got to have a harvest. You don't understand how long, how bad I'm longing for it. How bad I need it right now. I come to preach to you that it is the will of God that bearing us in tonight. When we get to a place that we're willing to give God back in the end. She prepared herself. She removed those things. And then she got up and the Bible says she vowed a vow. You want to know how to get impregnated with spiritual things? As you begin to vow a vow after you've left the altar. I want my barrenness to end. I want it to be over with. Do you? Are you willing to cry and to get everything out of your life? That, that Remember, Hannah laying there wasn't to create her a miracle. Hannah laying there was to, cre- to remove the things in her life. Prayer is preparation for the spiritual. But I've come to tell you when you get up from that place that all those hard places in your life are removed. All those things, I want you to get up and to vow a vow. And this was the vow that she gave. God, when you give it to me, I'm going to give it back to you. But God, you don't know I fought for this so long. God, you don't know I've I've wrestled for this so long. God, you don't understand. Is that you? Because that's me. I want to sit there and wrestle with him and beg him back. Don't, Don't take it back. Don't take it back. God, you gave Abraham a son. And he's willing to go lay it back down. And what does God say? Abraham, now I know thou trustest me. When you're willing willing to accept it and birth it and then hand it right back to him. God said, now I know. Now I know. Does somebody trust God tonight? Does, Does somebody trust that God knows how to give you a good gift? Does somebody trust that God knows what he's doing? That he's the creator of all things? I'm telling you, it's time to get out of that frustration. It's time to get out of that spirit of depression. It's time to leave barrenness alone. And we're going to see God produce some spiritual gifts in this house. He's about to raise some Samuels up in this house. Come on. The enemy wants you to accept defeat tonight. David walks into the camp and his wives and the children are scattered. Heaviness of a king. Not only his family, but the whole nation was devastated. We remember the devastation that hit America on 9-11. I remember being in 10th grade and sitting watching TV and tears began to stream down my face as a teenage boy that's not supposed to have a care in the world about what's going on in other nations. But I knew that people were hurting. So could you imagine, that's how I, I, I imagined David that day. Is he, the way the, the heaviness of America got fell on David's heart. Not only my own is suffering, but my nation is suffering. And he goes out and he grabs his ephod. And he says, what shall I do? In the midst of travesty, he began to give him praise. I've seen people around here do exactly the same as that. Dealing with more than I could deal with. And began to praise and worship God. But I've come to with a word like God gave unto David. It's time to pursue. It's time to get up from here. And we got to go after it. And I'm going to tell you, God, 
the word came unto him that we're going to recover all. Can I tell you the law of harvest is yet to be proven wrong. The boy with the five loaves and the two fishes, he goes in and he hands what he's got to Jesus. He says, all I've got is five loaves and two fishes. Jesus, the Bible says Jesus blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it. Can I tell you, you can have something blessed in your life, but if you don't give it, it's not going to multiply. It wasn't until Jesus didn't make a million food, uh, pounds of fish right there that day. He, hand, he handed the disciples what they gave him. It was when the disciples began to give it that he multiplied it. Because the Bible says they go back around and they get baskets full. Come on, if we're going to receive baskets full, it's going to be when we begin to take what we've broken or what God has broken and blessed and begin to give it to people in the community. Begin to give it to people and tell them, hey, I know God can heal. I know God can feel. I'm telling somebody your barrenness is about to be over, but you're going to give your way out of it. Hannah said, I'm tired of being without a son. God, if I got to give him back to you, I'm going to give him back to you. Is anybody tired of being barren? Stand up with me tonight. Before I walked to this place, to this pulpit tonight, as I was standing there worshiping, the word coming to me, God is about to end barrenness in this church. Not just, not just our finances and not just, but our church. There's souls coming. There's Samuels that's about to be born. There's souls coming. If you don't look around here on Sunday morning and see the different faces here every week, the Bible says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. There was people here that this morning that didn't get a special invitation, didn't get invited to Friends Day. They just wanted to be here. Why? Because the Spirit's drawing. And I want to make sure that portions ain't what I'm after anymore. It's time to worship, Hannah. Portions. But I'm. Elgin, I appreciate the gift. I appreciate the portions. But I'm fixing to go get on the altar. And I'm going to get rid of some hard things in my life. I'm going to get rid of that stony ground. And when the spirit falls, I'm going to have a son. My question tonight. Are you tired of your barrenness? If you're tired of your barrenness and you're tired of being where you are. God, I need something supernatural. I need a gift. I need something. Is there, what are you longing for? If your earthly father knows how to give you good gifts. How much more does your heavenly father? I'm telling you, portions won't settle for me no more. I want something different. God, I'm tired of being like everybody else. I'm tired of being everybody else is walking around here with, with what I want, what I desire. Will it put you to an altar where you cry?
until somebody walks by and what's wrong with her? What's wrong with him? What's happened to him? Don't bother me. I'm just getting rid of some things because I'm tired of being barren and I want something to happen. I'm going to open these altars tonight if you're ready. I'm telling you, I feel, I feel it. I say, if you're ready, these altars are open. And I'm telling you that God is about to pour His Spirit out. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Come on, somebody pour your heart out to Him right now. Come on. Oh, God, I'm barren. I'm tired of being without. God, you're going to put it in me tonight. When I get up from here, God, I'm leaving here impregnated by the... We pray today that this word has blessed you, ministered to the needs of your life. Until next time, God bless you.